Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hey, friend. Welcome. I'm so glad you chose to listen to today's episode, the story I believe most of us can relate to, and that sometimes in life, we are living out our purpose and calling, and then God intervenes to take us in a whole new direction. I'm here with inspirational speaker Beatrice Garrett. Well, hi, Jamie. Thank you for inviting me, and hi to your listeners. So cool how you reached out to me and talked about how you had this affluent, you know, job here as an attorney, and then you thought you're living out your calling and your your purpose. And I think so many of us can relate in where we're at in life. And then all of a sudden, you know, God comes in and says, Okay, this is the new path I want you to go on. And you just think, wow, wait a minute. I thought this was like, you know, going to be my thing for uh-huh. years to come here. So right. um, I love that uh, you showed some obedience in that and some surrender. And I can't wait for you to share that encouragement with us. Well, uh, first off, I would like to tell you that the surrender and the be- obedience was a journey. Uh, it was yes. something that I did not initially decide, okay, Lord, you want to change the direction and trajectory of my life? Okay, I'm, I'm down with the plan. Uh, it, was, <laughs> right. it was a process. And yeah. so when I, I started working at uh, uh, Legal Aid, I did not have any desire for litigation. So at Legal Aid is one of the, the largest nonprofit law firms that represents the marginalized, the poor children. And so I envision myself as an attorney volunteering uh, for uh, organizations like that. And I, my dream was to be a, a, a business transactional lawyer. I also have an MBA. So I was, I had a path. I had a path that I, uh, a vision for, uh, for my life. And so once I passed the bar, I went to, uh, I live in Wisconsin and I went to school, law school in Ohio. So when I came back to um, Wisconsin, moved back to Wisconsin, I had to take the bar exam to practice law. So after I passed the, the bar exam, I started looking for employment. And so I thought, well, um, volunteering is uh, something that is just part of my DNA. I just think that it's a a civic tax that I owe as Mm -hmm. um, living on this uh, planet and giving back. And so that's very important to me to volunteer. So I thought, well, while I'm looking for a job, I'll volunteer at legal aid and I'll, I'll learn they'll give me an opportunity to learn Wisconsin law and then more importantly to help people and so I was looking for a job and uh, nothing started to happen as as soon as I'd like to so an opportunity became available at legal aid the speech uh, executive director at the time asked me if I would accept this position. I said, okay, well, I'll accept it part-time. I still had to, my, I was holding on to my, my dream. I made this yeah. investment and I was going to, I was determined to get a return on that investment. So I, I 
accepted the position, and I tell you, uh, working there, really, uh, it changed my life. I started off representing children, and when you're representing children, whether you have a child or not, there's, there's just this instinct that comes into you that you want to protect them. And so that mm. gave me a, a great opportunity uh, to uh to protect children, and also when I had an opportunity to talk to the to the parents of these children, the when the attorney granted me permission to talk to them, and sometimes I also had an opportunity to encourage them as well, you know, so that you know just by you know helping them to just not wait on someone to do something for them all the time, just help trying to give them a little bit more. Um, inspire them to be, take a little bit more initiative that just don't wait for someone to do something for you. And so I just, you know, every t moment that God gave me an opportunity to inspire someone that I, I, I would do so. And so there was one story I'd like to share with your, your listeners that yeah. uh, was just really one that really just moved my heart. I was assigned a guardianship case and the, my client at the time was 17 years old. And so his, his mother was incarcerated and her, her friend filed for a petition of her, of her of guardianship of her son. And what I like to do in my, uh, when I interview my clients that are 12 above, I always ask them two questions. I ask them about school and I, always, I also ask them about their dreams. And my client told me, he said, well, I'm not in school. And I said, oh, I was like, I, you know, I, no, not judgmental. I said, well, you know, if you were in my house, you could, you could live in my house and you didn't go to school. So I just explained to him the importance of an education. And, yeah, and he also liked to, in talking with him, I learned that he liked to skateboard. And so I just made an analogy of maybe one day being a business owner and why it was important for him to have um, reasoning skills, being able to ask thoughtful questions. So, you know, as most typical teenagers, he was just there listening, no response, no reaction to what I, yeah. <laughs> what I said. Just nodding. So, yeah, yeah just, just, I'll just take it. <laughs> and <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so there was a second appointment. I needed to meet with both him and the petitioner. So I met with my client first. Again, no, no response as to what our, our conversation well, it really wasn't a conversation. I was just talking. He was just listening. So there was no response. And then when I met with the petitioner, the first question she asked me, she said, did he tell you? And I was, I, didn't, I was clueless. I didn't know what she was talking about. She said, mm -hmm. I said, no. And uh, she said, he went to the high school on his own and registered uh, for school. Oh, and I my thought, goodness. I thought, oh. wow. You know, as, as, you know, there were moments when I just fought God for just being, you know, being there as long as I was, but he just gave me yeah. opportunities like that to just, to just to go the extra mile. And that was just part of my yeah. personality, just to go the extra mile. And I knew that it was important for him to know and understand the importance of getting an education. Now, whether he did it or not was just up to him, but I just wanted to let him know how important it is for him as he grows older being I know I had adults that I've met with that could not read or write and so you know it and and they've signed contracts having no idea what they signed so that's why I was just explaining to him why it was so important for him to to get an education and wow, so so good Beatrice. Yeah. And it just shows like when we're talking to people, we sometimes, I mean, I've done this where it's just kind of like 
you don't think they're taking what you're saying and really having it resonate right in their heart. And it just shows like you never know what is going on in the inside. Only God knows. And what an encouragement you were speaking life to this young man to go back and get a high school education and speaking through like experience, like you're sharing a story of people that you met that couldn't read or write and were signing documents that they didn't even know they were signing. And I'm sure that just, you know, shook them a little bit like, huh, I don't want to be that where I don't know, you know, what I'm reading or, you know, what I'm signing. So I love that it wasn't just a you know, a preaching thing, but like, hey, this is the, what I've encountered and this is why it's important. So cool. So, you know, as my time there, I, you know, I kept asking, you know, I kept asking God, you know, you know, why won't you let me, would you let me go? You know, Uh, (laughs) there were a couple of colleagues and I, we, there were two other um, colleagues that I worked with. So we had accountability meetings. We were all looking for new opportunities and nothing happened. And I was really angry with God. And so I decided that God was in control and I would just grow where, where I was planted and just do good work. And the moment I decide to just allow God to be God and be in control, he made his move. And it was mm-hmm. so unexpected. I I came into work early one morning. I mean, before then, I was coming in like a little like nine o'clock, just really, you know, because I wasn't really like, God, I just, I'm just not feeling it. Now it's time to move on. And <laughs> You're like, I'm burned out. <laughs> <laughs> And so, you know, There's I come no fire. in, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and, and so, so I decided, okay, I'll just change, turn, turn a new leaf. And I, so I started, you know, so the day that I decided, okay, I'm turning a new leaf. I came in early, the exact hour, like, um, maybe 15, 20 minutes after I was in the office, after I completed my morning task. Uh, and so uh, the executive director came in and asked me to come into the chief staff attorney's office. And I was like, you know, when, you know, when you said come into the chief staff attorney's office, it's like, well, you know, like the thoughts that were racing through my mind, like, right. what could I possibly, you know, what did I do? What could I have possibly done? And I was thinking, did, did, right. did, someone, did I make someone mad? Did they file a complaint against me? Did I miss a case? And, you know, like all these thoughts <laughs> yeah. were just racing through my mind. And so once I got into our office and I sat down, they told me that the grant supporting my position, like like most nonprofits, they are really dependent on philanthropy, grants, and annual fundraising. And so they told me, well, the grant supporting your, your position, um, we no longer have funding. And so I was, you know, I wasn't so taken aback because they had previously talked about that for the program I was a part of an initiative where this is when foreclosures were really, um, there were a lot of foreclosures and so there was an initiative program uh, with a number of partners within the city of where I live to help homeowners to retain their homes. And so there was some talk that maybe possibly the funding would not be available. So there was some talk but nothing that was really solid. And so when they told me I I was had a little mixed feelings. I was like, okay, well, there's you know, there's it's a big world, so there's new opportunities out there. But I was really mad with God because I had been looking for a job and nothing came through. Uh, no interviews. Just maybe I get a, a, a um, 
uh, acknowledgement that we see your uh, application. We'll let you know if we want to call you in for an interview. But nothing really that would give, give me some hope that, yeah, there's an opportunity that's just looming that I just can just pursue. And so that's why I was so mad with God, because I didn't have any direction. I didn't know. I knew what I needed to do as an attorney, apply for other legal jobs. But I didn't know why why God would just say, okay, you know, here, you know, become unemployed and, you know, not have your next opportunity. So I just, then that was the journey. Uh, that was when the journey I started. Looking, applying for legal jobs, and I was, I was also, uh, also looking for jobs. I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so I was really interested in Chicago. I did some networking there, and I really liked the city. I like the big city feel, and so I would just um, commute back and forth, networking, um, and just becoming involved in the legal community. And nothing happened. And every every opportunity that I would pursue, God was like, no. It's not it. So I started even looking for jobs, jobs outside of law. And I would, I remember, remember this so clearly. I, one morning in prayer, I was just bawling, boo-hooing the guy. Like, why are you doing this to me? I thought I was a good person and blah. You know, when we, when, when we're going through and we, you know, we tell God, well, you know, how we tried to please him and what we've done. We just try right. to put it all before him. Like, why are you doing this yeah. to me? Hey, <laughs> hey, hey we've me all been people. there. We've all been there. <laughs> me and <Yeah>. my people. <laughs> yeah. And so he said to me, so clearly and so distinctly, he said, I am not moved by your tears. I am moved by my word. And so that was the moment that I decided that I would have a standing appointment with God in the morning and in the evening. And I knew that my, I was like, my, I thought, I thought, I just, just thinking back, like my relationship, I said, with God was so superficial. And so it was like, I, so I started to, to spend time with him, reading his word and prayer, to learn to hear his voice. And so when I started to to do that, and I, but I was still going my way, trying to just still fit the the the, the mm-hmm. wrong the the circle into the square. And, and right. so yeah. it was mm-hmm. yeah, it was more when I was still hitting these roadblocks. And there was one opportunity that I was really hopeful for. I had an interview was with the foundation. They were looking for a lawyer in their philanthropic services. And so the interview went well. They liked me. I liked them. And then they asked me for to submit a strategic plan. And you know, when they ask you for a strategic plan, they know that that's serious, that they are really interested. And so I did that. Then I received an email from the human resource assistant. And she told me that the foundation hired an agency to help them with their strategic planning, and they advised them to freeze all hiring. And so I was like, crushed. (laughs) Yeah. Crushed. And and, uh, but she said, but we still maintain an interest in you. And so I just continued looking for a job. And uh, and then I contacted them back uh, two months later, and she said, "No, nothing's changed." And so I, I, it was that moment where I said, "God, I was like, you, yeah, I said, I surrender. I just raised my hand up in surrender and said, have your way.'" 
And then that's where the journey began. And so uh, of trying to figure out, really, I had no idea what he wanted me to do. What, what was the plan? And so it was that time of learning to be still, learning to shut down the internal noise so that I could hear. And I was so desperate to hear from God. There was minimal TV. Um, minimal phone contact when I would drive, no radio on. And so I did that until I heard the whisper, inspirational speaker. And and then when I heard that whisper, it was like, well, how am I going to do this? Or, you know, how am I going to get started? And there again, too, began the journey. And so what I did as far as the networking for for uh, for a legal job was like, okay, well, this is the same thing as with, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, finding a job. So just doing the networking, reaching out. And so I didn't know what my message was with at the time. And as I was reaching out networking, I went to an event with a with with uh, with the Christian Found, uh, Wisconsin Christian Foundation, National Christian Foundation here, and I met with met with a gentleman, the presenter, and he connected me with an attorney who also worked for nonprofits, and she told me about this uh, law association of Christian lawyers. So their uh, annual retreat is here in Wisconsin. So I, two hours away, I went there. I met an, uh, an attorney from Chicago. He told me about a national prayer ministry, and so my heart was so moved by this ministry that I wanted to bring it here to um, Milwaukee and I connected with the executive director and I got the ball rolling and Jamie I could tell you I I had never experienced God's favor as much as I did in starting this prayer ministry and I had mm. no pushback from the court. The the facilities mm. management granted me permission. I sent them a him an email in the morning, and like the mm. next day, I had permission to access the the the, uh, the county grounds and set up the table with the other volunteers, and everything just went seamlessly. And and so I met with um, a pastor from the church two blocks away. I wanted them uh, to find parking for the volunteers. And so he was telling me the story about a group of nuns. We talked about prayer. And he said that they prayed for a broom. And God, uh, someone put a broom outside their door. And that story was so significant to me. It's like no matter how uh, insignificant we think our, our needs are or our concerns, everything matters to God. I mean, that he would, he would answer a prayer for a broom. And yeah. so, you know, he granted the permission and then God told me, well, talk to this, um, a club, it was a, for a, uh, an association, a club for like professionals. And he said, talk to the, the, the parking manager about parking for the volunteers right across the street from the courthouse. And so I did that. And the prayer, the parking manager, he was a little hesitant at first about, you know, offering offering some parking, um, parking, and he told me that lawyers that belong to the, to the club weren't allowed to park during the business day. And then, you know, of course, me being a lawyer, I started advocating for God. And then he, his name was Isaac. I said, you know, your name Isaac, it's in the Bible. You know, I just really just, you know, um, just trying to just warm him up to the idea. Then he granted me five spots. And so God just, he just unfolded everything. But it was when I, when I met with when I uh, when I the, the the prayer ministry, that was when um, the enemy tried to talk me out of it, like telling me, "Well, you know, you have to look for a job. You can't spend your time doing this." And so I just prayed about it, and God told me, "Well, 
if you do this, I'll lead you to your next opportunity. I said, okay, God, I trust you, I'll do it. And so once I did that, the ministry started, it was well received. And so I started, you know, I went up every morning, uh, Monday morning, we were down there at the courthouse praying for people. And, I, you know, I had a couple conversations with God. I was like, okay, Lord, I, I did what, what I told you I would do. I was like, where's this opportunity that you promised me that you would lead me to? And, mm-hmm. and what I learned was that just because God did not respond right away didn't mean that he was not going to lead me to the opportunity. He was testing me. He was testing my faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to the process. Right. He was testing my, my obedience uh, to what he had asked me to do. He was also mm-hmm. testing me to whether I trusted him to lead me to the other side. So I mm-hmm. would get up every Monday morning as though nothing was happening in my world. And I just remember just people, you know, praying for a woman and just say, you know, her sister was diagnosed with cancer. And after I prayed, she says, now I have hope. And, you know, Mm -hmm. although I didn't understand why God was continuing to keep me there, but I understood that he was using me to pray for people and along with the other volunteers. And so I continued on and then continued praying. And then another disruption came. My father became terminally ill, and mm-hmm. and so that was that rocked my world. And I said to God, I said, "Why, why now?" You know, the job thing. I was a little bit, a little salty that I didn't have a new opportunity. But you know, I was like, "Well, I was looking for a job anyway while we're, while I was employed there." So I was just, I had more time, so I thought it was a gift. But when my father became terminally ill, that's when. It, it really hit me like a ton of bricks. And oh, so yeah. I didn't have yet much time mm-hmm. to, uh, to, 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 to moan and, and cry because my father was the priority. And mm-hmm. so that time really, it was a blessing that I could spend time with my father and with my brothers and my mother and helping to care for him and, uh, to sit with him as he transitioned. And I knew that, you know, we don't always understand God's plan. But when I look mm-hmm. back, as you said in the introduction, just having that opportunity to be his advocate, to, you know, to go to the hospital with him and to advocate for him, um, that was just an opportunity that I would not have had if I was working and, and having, you know, caseload and, you know, working right. on my cases. And so, you know, although we may not understand God's plan while we're in the midst of the trial. As we get over that song, by and by, we'll understand. And so it's like while we're enduring through the trial, what is so important for us is to know that God he tells us in his word that he has plans to prosper us. He has, good, he has good plans for us, but we have to learn to be patient. His timing is not our timing. Mm-hmm. And the where we would like to be positioned may not necessarily be where he wants us to be positioned. And looking mm-hmm. back, I realized that being a lawyer, being an advocate, being passionate about uh, advocating for my clients, going the extra mile, that God equipped me for everything that I needed to do. You know, every day, just about, I was in court. So, you know, being a lawyer in court is a very, a, a skill that's an invaluable skill, learning to think on your feet, being able to respond to an argument right away is such an invaluable right. skill and being able to relate and just the my clients just coming from various uh, uh, race and ethnic background, being able to relate to different people. So that mm-hmm. was in itself an opportunity that God was using me 
uh, to be an ambassador at the at the time, mm-hmm. I you know I wasn't really you know uh, <laughs> really understanding why uh, God was using me, but I, I understood that He He knew my heart. He knew that that I would go the extra mile um, for people and to, to to talk and to offer encouragement where I where I saw that there was a need to, and you know especially when people feel like they've been overlooked or when people have been rushed along, no one seriously talks to them, um, mm-hmm. smiles with them, talk to them with respect, with, with dignity. And then when you have someone that, you know, uh, interacted with you, like sometimes people were just like, you know, it, it kind of caught them off guard a little bit, you know, but then mm-hmm. as they got to know me and just being personable, then that's where the magic happened. That's when they open up, mm-hmm. and that's when they, they the trust begins. When they know that you're genuine and sincere. So you never know when yeah. we're meeting people that just you know asking God to give us that patience, that the understanding. Uh, that you just never know how He's going to use you and how our words and what we do for someone can impact their lives. And being showing a little kindness to someone can go a long way. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and their encouragement and not maybe giving up or maybe feeling like there's no one in the world that really cares about them. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just those words that those, you know, that just that little time that we can offer someone that can mean, mm-hmm. make such a difference in someone's life. So, yeah, it's so true. And to back up a little bit, I love hearing how intimate you became with the Lord during your hardest times. And isn't that true when we're going through that desert or the wilderness and the storms in life hit us, we are grasping on to what we know is the only hope. And that is our Lord Jesus, right? And so when we come to God and we're really leaning in, pressing in, and really wanting to get close to him, it that's what he wants. He wants us to get to know him in a relationship. And sometimes, you know, he just allows those hardships to happen. He doesn't cause them, but he'll allow them to enter in so that we can uh, learn more of who he is, learn more about who you know we are in Christ, and know that he's the only one that stays the same. And everything else in the world changes. And we get so dependent, I think, on worldly things and, you know, our, you know, jobs or income or people. And, and, you know, he wants to show up and go, no, like, I am your steadfast. Like, mm-hmm. I am the one that will never leave you and never mm-hmm. change. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's such a good lesson, too, for us to know, like, our joy isn't dependent on our circumstances. And I kind of could pick up when you said you walked into your job um, that one morning you felt like you turned a leaf and it was almost like you went in there and you went from burnout to, oh, well, I better, you know, 
you kind of had this joy regardless of going back into that same office. And it was just a change of a heart posture for you. Uh And then that was the day that they said, hey, we got to let people go. And, you know, that surrender and just going, okay, Lord, I don't know what that plan B is. So many times we want to know what that plan B, that next step. I mean, we're just human. That's our Mm -hmm. flesh. Mm -hmm. And God, that's where he's got us in that hallway. And Mm -hmm. we're just kind of going, all right, Lord, I'll just be on my knees, right? Mm -hmm. And be in Mm -hmm. prayer until you open that door. And that is so hard. It's easier to to say or to, you know, maybe express that to somebody else because you've experienced that. But, you know, once somebody experiences that and then sees that open door, it's like, oh my gosh, my my faith, it's all about that faith, right? That's what it comes down to is mm-hmm. just, you know, faith is being, you know, devoted to God's will. And he Uh waits for us to just be in commitment and devoted to his will. And then in his timing, like you're saying, you know, we just need to be patient in his timing. Uh It's Uh not going to be ours. And he will reveal what that is. Uh, But he's waiting for our our little heart to line up with his and our, you know, character to grow, to be more like him and everything else. I would like share this with your listeners. Listeners, what I I learned is that what we think is working against us is really working for us. And Mm. it's just, if we just get out of the complaining and the whining stage and just tell God, this is how it is. I don't like it. You know, just accepting our circumstances is the first thing. And, and when we Mm -hmm. can accept it, and then once we can accept it, that we don't have to like it. We just, just need to accept it. We just need to allow God to be God. Yeah. To be God. And then once we accept it, then the second process is surrendering to it and allowing mm-hmm. God to lead you because the most terrifying thing is to just get up and not know where you're going in the morning, how you're going to pay your bills. And right. when we just start to think about who God is, he's giving mm-hmm. us the opportunity really to intimately know that he is our provider, that he is our way maker, and that he always provides a way in the wilderness and the desert seasons. So God provides Mm -hmm. a way of escape. But if we can just learn not to panic, when you know, and it's it's, it's easier yeah. said, like it's, it's easier to say than done. Easier said than done when we have bills to pay, when we have children to take care of, or or if it's our health, or whatever the issues may may be that we're dealing with. But if we can just allow Him to be God and to trust Him, and then He knows what we need, and so mm-hmm. because He knows our personalities, He knows where we are best suited. He knows the relationships mm-hmm. that are best for us. He knows the 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 job positions that that are that will fit well with our temperament, or where we can He can work through us. So it, it's sometimes letting go of our plans. Is like what you were saying in the introduction. It it really is is allowing God to show you a grander plan that He has for your life. And that our mm-hmm. plans, when we look at God's plans, they really are a little bit small. And because He has He has infinite He has infinite thoughts about us, and we are so finite. 
and our thoughts mm-hmm. and our capacity. But God, no matter where you are, he can make you skip from the bottom of the line all the way up. He can elevate us all the way mm-hmm. up to the top of the line. Uh, and, and so mm-hmm. when we just say, God, I, I will just trust you to be God and help mm-hmm. me in my unbelief. Help me when I just all I see is the chaos. All I see is the turbulence because I know that you speak peace to the winds and the waves. So if I just stay in the boat, I know you won't mm-hmm. let me topple over. I know you won't let the wind just take me out of this boat. I'll hold on to you because you're going to mm-hmm. lead me. God, God knows our end from our beginning. He knew he knows the book of life on us. So we're just living it out. And what mm-hmm. happens to us, it's new to us. But to God, yes, you're right on you're right on schedule. I, I knew yeah. this this was gonna happen on this day. You know, though mm-hmm. I, I'm not panic yeah. about it, you know, and we, we, right. we feel like God has abandoned us for now. God knew it was gonna mm-hmm. happen and he just wants to his test, excuse me, his silence is our test. What will mm. we do? Will we panic? Or will we mm-hmm. praise him? Will we say, thank you, Lord? Although I may not see where you're taking me, but I know because you're leading me, I know I can't get lost. And mm. and when that and when we're in that in that time when he God is not moving seemingly in our life, that when we can learn to praise him and we can learn to worship him. And I, I really understood how when we're praising him, we're going through the most terrible and dark times of our, our minds, and when we just give it all to God and we can soar above our problems in in prayer mm-hmm. and worship, it's like there's no other high when you come down for it. You feel fortified. You can just shake it off the doubt, the fear, because you know that God does not mean anything to harm us. He He has mm-hmm. plans for our good. We can trust him. He's not like uh, mm-hmm. like humans where he will lie. He's not, he's not man. He will not change his mind. So when we just say, God, just help me to just trust you and walk with me. Holy Spirit, let me be obedient to your instructions. And when we're obedient to the instructions, we won't find ourselves in the pit. We won't find ourselves going into the roadblocks and the the winding roads or finding ourselves going in circles because we're allowing God to lead us, the one who has our plans. And when Mm -hmm. we do that, I can tell you that from my experience, I never imagined that I would be an inspirational speaker. I never imagined that God would give me a download for the chapters of a book. What I understood and what I wrote a little love letter in my book to um, the reader is that it was through my my trials and through my betrayals. It was through the vicissitudes of life that Mm -hmm. brought me to my knees. And I learned the power of prayer. And I learned that God's plans are so much grander than our own. Mm-hmm. And if we can just tr- trust him during that, that middle part, that messy middle, that, that the gap, when, the, when we, we've already, we've gone through that, the, we're at the, that season of disruption. We're trying to get on the other side of it. But if we can trust them during that period, that bridge that takes us over to the blessings, to the breakthrough. And while we're going over, through that process, that's where we can let go of those burdens. That's where we can let go of the hurt, the, 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 those that people that may have betrayed us. We can let all of that go in that little middle space of the gap and come out better, come out wiser, come out yeah. uh, fortified in our faith. The mm. breaking is not comfortable. It mm. hurts. Right. It's painful. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and I but love that, what you said about 
praising God in that pain. I mean, I went through a really dark time over the summer and all I did was praise him. Even if I didn't feel like it, I took what David did and I just praised him. And Mm -hmm. it just, that's, that's, the remedy. That's the medicine right there. Right, I mean, that, right, right. yeah, that filled right. me up so much. And then I just kept doing it again. And, oh, well, this is why King David did this, you know, like this is <laughs> right. why, he, you know, it's in the Psalms and stuff. This actually does work. And I love that you mentioned praise because it's, it's prayer, prayer and, and praise. And sometimes we we miss that praise part and it really does work. It brings us that, that joy back into our soul. It does. And it, you know, it brings us and it brings, it brings the joy in our soul. And then it reminds us who we are. We have the privilege yeah. of going into God's court. We have the privilege of thanking him and allowing him that he will, we can, when we are praising him, we can take off that garment of heaviness. And put on that mm-hmm. garment of praise. And then when we think about how faithful he has been, how he has never left us, that he will see past our faults and see our mm-hmm. needs. And he will, you know, he will, mm-hmm. even when we are unfaithful, he will still bless us. And, and, and that mm-hmm. mercy that he has for us, the grace that he extends for us. And so when we, when we are recognize what all we are heir to when we are in his presence that just gives us a little bit more authority and boldness to tackle whatever it is and then we're less likely to allow the enemy to start planting those seeds of doubt to letting us know that although it, it may have been a long time or you may have been enduring the, the, the trial or the season that you're in for a while but we know we have a certainty with God even though the, the what we're going through, it may seem uncertain, but there's still certainty with God. He has an yeah. expected end. He has a plan for us. So we just have to have that confidence and trust that mm-hmm. while we're going through, we're not we're going through to something to get to something better. God has a reason for it, and that when we when we're going through the the difficulty, there's a cost that that we pay. There is a cost that's mm-hmm. associated. That cost is pain. That cost may be losing ourselves to find ourselves. It may be able to mm-hmm. find God in a new way, in a new light. And so there's so many benefits that we we definitely will receive when we're going through, but we can't see it as we're going through because all we can see is, well, why is God doing this to me? Is he punishing me? Why did this spouse leave me? Or why is this diagnosis? And we, you know, on the mountaintop experiences of life, we really don't need God because everything is going fairly well. But it's when we're in the valley, when we're walking through and we don't even know how we're going to make it, that mm-hmm. God shows up, that we he gets the glory. We see a physical manifestation of his glory, of his spirit with the healing, the breakthrough, whatever we're believing him for. And so if we can just allow ourselves to just, uh, just allow God to just take us on this journey, I like to call it an invitation. That just mm. accept this invitation. You know, there are some there are some little fine print that, you know, we don't know how long that will this 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 journey will will last, nor do we know if it'll get worse before it gets better. But it's an invitation to go on a journey. Yeah, so good. 
All right. Well, I think those were like 10 takeaways here, but I know at the end, I like to voice, hey, leave us with a takeaway. So if you just have a few words here, we'll finish up with a takeaway and then let us know where we can connect with you and the book you mentioned. To anyone who is who is experiencing disruption right now, you may not understand it. You may not like it. But what I would like to say to you is to just accept what God is allowing in your life right now, that he's not trying to punish you, he's not trying to hurt you, that there is an expected end for you. God has the wow factor. He will blow your mind. Just trust him. Allow him to be God. Allow him to lead you. And just trust and have confidence in his plan. And also trust yourself and have confidence in yourself. You don't have to know the answer. The Holy Spirit mm-hmm. will give you what you need to get through. So good. Thank you, Beatrice. And where can we find you? Well, I, I am. You can find me on my website at www.beatricegarrett.com. And there you can connect with me on my other on my other social platforms. And I have a little ebook that I have right now. So the Overcomer in You. And then uh, if your readers would really like to um, sign up my on my email list, my the book that it will be published is When God Pushed the Pause Button on My Life. And so that should be released in early spring. I appreciate you speaking life to us and encouraging us that God is good and he is faithful no matter what our circumstances look like. So appreciate you, Beatrice, for coming on here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at jamieelizabethshespeakslife. That's J-A-Y-M-E Elizabeth She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.